0: I begin the sermon this morning, I wanted to offer just a few words of a, a call to unity and then a prayer for healing. It has been a tumultuous week that we have been through, and I have a feeling the next week is going to also be tumultuous. And uh, I, I, I know that many of you probably feel like I do, and the divisions that we see around us, they're heartbreaking, They're heartbreaking. What I do know is that this is not Jesus's way. Jesus's hope and desire for us is to not live as divided people, Uh, particularly no matter where we we fall on the political spectrum in this country that God so longs for us to be able to seek unity. That is part of God's message for, for those of us that are Jesus followers. And I know that we can't control the country. We can't. But we can control our own choices and our own actions. And so my hope is that Instead of defaulting to condemning or judging or assuming the, the worst in one another, that we can look for what we hold in common. What is it that that we hold in common with each other and let that be our starting point? That, that we can instead default to giving one another the benefit of the doubt if people see things differently than we do or are passionate about things that are different than we are passionate about. That let us strive to find unity. And first and foremost or above all else to be people of grace because as Jesus followers we are called to be people of grace. Jesus shows you and me grace every single day. Thanks be to God. And we are also called to show grace to one another. And so my my prayer, my fervent prayer for this church is that we would be a church of abundant grace that we would show one another grace like Christ shows us grace and that anyone who is part of this church would feel that and that we would experience it from one another as well. I found, actually, this prayer was shared with me uh, this week that I think is pretty powerful, that I want to offer today, and and I'm going to be praying it uh, multiple days as we move ahead by Sharon Seafarth-Garner. Will you pray with me? God of red and blue states, God of purple people, Hear our prayers. After the election, some will rejoice. Let them not gloat. After the election, some will grieve. Let them not despair. Heal our way forward. Soften our hardened hearts and inspire us, Lord, to be just, kind, and humble. And may we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to hope. Amen. So friends, here we go again. The pastor's going to talk about money. And unapologetically, yes, I am. But I figure I'm in pretty good company. Jesus talked about money and finances over 800 times in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And overall in the Bible, finances and money are talked about 2,000 times. So uh, if we are serious about discipleship, then we have to talk about how we use and steward our money and our finances. And we are serious about discipleship here at Boone UMC. Our vision statement says that we are striving to become transformed disciples that live for the transformation of hearts, our community, the church, and our world. And so we finish up today our three-part series on living a generous life. We started two weeks ago talking about how we can be generous with our time. How do we tithe our time? Do we tithe time to, to God's good work? Last week, we talked about being good stewards and being generous with serving others, and particularly using the gifts that God has given us to, as as scripture calls us to do, to glorify God and to build up one another, to to build up God's kingdom. And today, we're going to talk about uh, the traditional form of generosity, which is sharing of our money. And I want to share with you a teaching from uh, Paul's second letter to Corinth. And I have really just lately been um, staying in the message. Those words have spoken to me a great deal. And so this morning we're going to hear from Second Corinthians 8 verses 1 through 15. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth he says now friends I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches pushing them to the very limit the trial exposed their true colors they were incredibly happy though desperately poor the pressure triggered, triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there, and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, for far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. And by the way, Paul is talking about a special offering that he is trying to collect from all the Gentile churches that he's been working with to take to Jerusalem, the mother church, and to to use to help um, support the the poor that are in the city and to help the church support its ministries. And he's saying the church in Macedonia wanted to be a part of this. This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention, so that, what, so that what was so well begun could be finished up. You do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now, do your best in this, too. Don't you love the way Paul, you know, um, encourages them and points out all the things that they do well and then uh, prompts them to, to follow through here. I'm not trying to order you around against your will, but by bringing in the Macedonians enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love, I'm hoping to bring out the best of you. You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ, rich as he was. He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. And Paul's saying here that, remember, Jesus became human, took on our human form. And in that moment, he became poor, but we were the lucky ones. We became rich because he was here, um, present with us in bodily form. Paul goes on to say, so here's what I think. The best thing you can do... Corinth church right now is to finish what you started last year and not let these good intentions grow stale your hearts your heart's been in the right place all along you've got what it takes to finish it up to go to it once the commitment is clear you do what you can not what you can't the heart regulates the hands This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even, as it is written, nothing left over to the one with the most, nothing lacking to the one with the least. And this is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. So Pastor Shigematsu shares this story, a true story about his wife and her pet chipmunk named Forte. So um, he says that his wife, Sakiko's family, loved animals so much so that they sort of became the uh, the um, neighborhood's de facto refuge where people would abandon cats or dogs. They even had a, a ferret for a while. Well, at one point they had a uh, wild chipmunk. That the veterinarian said would only live a few days. This, it was really, really in bad shape. And so Sakiko took it home and named him Forte, hoping that um, he would grow strong. And he not only survived, but he began to thrive. So when Sakiko came back to her apartment, she, she would notice his behavior. He would, first of all, just run in figure eights, just so excited whenever she would enter in. And uh, another thing is when she would be working on the computer, we have a cat that will do this. Um, the chipmunk would run across the keyboard and type its own um, letters into whatever she was working on. But she also began to notice that his favorite food that she fed him were walnuts. And instead of eating the walnuts, he would take them to where he slept. It was almost like it was a, um, uh, he was preparing for the winter and hoarding his, his nuts away. But then as time went by, she began to notice that he would take half of his walnuts and go and put them underneath her pillow. You see, Forte began to realize that Sakiko was the one who provided for him and was becoming his family. And so as out of the gratitude that he had for her, he wanted to share uh, back with her what he had so freely been given. Now, Forte, the chipmunk. Even Forte understands the practice and the beauty and the power of giving back out of gratitude to the one who has provided for you. That is the heart. It really is at the heart of being a mature disciple who gives thanks to God by giving back to God that which we've been entrusted to take care of. And is also what Paul is trying to say to the church in Corinth. The story we just heard is a great stewardship story that um, Paul is using to to kind of teach, uh, really to create the comparison or the contrast between the churches in Macedonia and the church in Corinth. The church in Macedonia, he points out, is uh, has become really generous in spite of some kind of Tribulation or trial or ordeal, some kind of affliction has happened to that church. What is it? We don't know. Is it COVID? Is it uh, an economic downturn? Is it uh, persecution? We're really not sure what that trial was that affected the community there. But regardless, they were able to be generous in spite of whatever it is they were going through. He also talks about how they gave out of their poverty. This was not a church that had a lot to begin with. So they weren't giving out of their wealth. They weren't giving the, the leftovers that they could afford to give. They were being generous with what they had to offer to begin with. And out of that, they realized that giving was a source of joy for them. It was a true source of joy, and it was also voluntary. Nobody was coercing them. They were choosing. They were choosing to to give to be a part of this collection. And their giving uh, ended up being. They were giving way beyond their means. They were. They were over. Um, um, uh, they were, they were exceeding the expectations. Overperforming was the word I was trying to think of. And part of that, that, that surprised Paul, I think, is that they so wanted to be part of something that was larger than them. They wanted to be part of the special collection that was going to help the people in Jerusalem. They wanted to contribute to this gift. And then I think the most important thing that Paul points out is that first and foremost, They gave themselves to jesus They gave they yielded themselves to jesus and then the rest began to fall into place now the church in corinth looks a little bit different. Their story is a little bit different. So Paul is reminding them that they'd promised to give last year. They'd promised in his first letter to the Corinthians, uh, they'd responded by saying, yep, they were all in, but then they had not followed through. They had not come through with their offering, their portion of the offering. And he was also tactfully trying to say to them, hey, rich church Corinth, you're getting ready to get shown up by the church. Church in Macedonia. Are you ready for that? Are, are you good with that? Because they have done an amazing thing and they are going to um, embarrass you, and I just want to give you a heads up on that. And Paul reminds them that the ask is for them to give out of their means, whatever it is, whatever the the folks in Macedonia have to give, give, whatever the folks in Corinth have to give, give. And the beauty of it is together, together it makes up this amazing gift that God can then use for the ministry in Jerusalem. And then finally, Paul encourages them, hey, y'all, you can do this. You can do this. It is not too late. You can follow through with the commitment that you made. You can, you can make good on this. Uh, and I, uh, what I go back to whenever I read this passage are these two verses in the middle of this story that uh, Paul says, what explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives, flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. It's true that the blessing of living a generous life comes out of those times when we Unreservedly give ourselves over to God. When we trust in God so completely that we give God the one thing that provides us the things we want and long for most things like security and comfort and enjoyment, things that money can buy us or provide for us. But when we trust our finances to God first, then Paul promises that out of that trust, Will flow God's greater purposes for our life, which is far more satisfying than any toy or trip that money could buy us. And I wonder if you can look at your own life and see how God might have been working through you for God's greater purposes. Or is that something that you need to practice yielding yourself to, opening yourself up, making yourself available for God to, to use you as God's in- instrument uh, to be able to support or serve for God's greater purposes? God wants you to live a generous life. God longs for you to live a generous life, to experience that pure blessing that comes from being able to just share with others. In order to do that, we do have to get a handle on our own finances. We do have to manage whatever uh, level of debt that we are carrying. We need to stop and assess our financial situation and choose our priorities. To be very intentional about our financial choices. To recognize when our money or what our money can buy becomes our modern day idols. That that when when that happens when we set up and create these idols in our lives then we lose sight of God's kingdom working in our lives we also need to pay attention to or acknowledge that every every good gift comes from God everything that we have been given is a gift from God and that therefore it's not too much to ask to to give back to god a portion of what we have been entrusted in kind of like forte and the walnuts to be able to recognize that that is a sign of gratitude that we recognize who provides for us and for a moment i want to celebrate our church i want to to look back over these last eight months and and celebrate our church. Because as you are contemplating, if giving to the church is actually giving back to God, I want to point out what our church has been doing over these last several months. And to remind us all that Boone UMC is an instrument of God in this community. We absolutely are. So when we look at how we've had to adapt and respond to uh, the effects that COVID has had on how we are church, one of the things that jumps out to me is our priority for serving our community. We talk about that as being part of our DNA, as part of who we are, and we have lived that out in in how we have um, prioritized what we are able to do and not been able to do. Y'all, we've never missed a single Thursday night dinner opportunity to provide food, a meal for our community. Within one week, we went from offering a sit-down meal to those that would come to our church to being able to offer a carry-out to-go meal. And we serve between 60 and 80 people every week. Some of those are our church folk. Many of them are not from our church family. Uh, we continue to help feed our community. When all other ministries came to a grinding halt because uh, they had to out of necessity, We continue to make our faith promise commitments. We continue to support particularly uh, those ministries in our community that were continuing to operate during COVID and more than ever needed our dollars to support the good work that they were doing for our brothers and sisters in need. And we also um, have supported ministries around the world that were struggling because of COVID as well. We've also historically been a church that has opened its doors for people. We have, we, we, that's also part of our DNA that we long for our building to be able to be used by the community. And, Friends, we've been able to do that amazingly over these past several months. So the upkeep and the care of our building is done not just to serve our our church family, but because we see this as a beautiful tool to reach out and share with the community. And uh, that has never actually rung more true than during covid uh, before we were even able to open our building up for ministry, we provided space in our uh, picnic shelter and around our grounds for community ministries and organizations to be able to have a place to meet because they didn't have a good space that was available to them. And then after we were able to open up the building for small groups, we were able to, we received so many requests, but we were able to help serve some of these organizations for example, Mountain Alliance that was providing help for students that were doing online learning. We were able to give them space to be able to to do their, their work in ministry with young people. We provided the school system space to do uh, classes, special work with special needs uh, kids and their families. And those are just a couple of examples of ways we've continued to serve the community and partner with a variety of groups that just didn't have a large enough space to be able to, to meet. We also never missed a beat with worship in spite of having to learn a whole new world of designing and delivering worship to your homes. And we are on the cusp of being able to welcome some of our worshipers back into our space in both the Sanctuary and the Family Life Center. And we are so excited about that for next week. But we'll continue to offer our live stream as well. We have and will continue to reach new people that would have never walked into this building and begun to worship with us like they have been able to do through our new live stream worship. And our staff... Y'all, our staff is an amazing team of people. And what they've been able to do over these last eight months, I'm so proud of them. Everyone from Mike and Sandra, our custodial staff, to Lisa in the office, to Kelly, who's done an amazing job managing communications during a critical time, to every single one of our program staff and pastors, every one of us has had to relearn our job. We've had to revision our ministries for you. And I'm so proud of the ways that they have continued to serve you, our church family, as well as the larger community through these unprecedented times. So yes, I believe with all of my heart that when you choose to give back to God through giving to Boone United Methodist Church, then you are a part of God's important work in building God's kingdom Through the work and the ministry of this particular church, you, you become an instrument of God. Your generosity helps the good news of Jesus Christ to reach someone else, making a difference in their life. But we can't keep doing these amazing kingdom ministries or dream up new ones without your help. And admittedly, we received a a gracious, generous gift this year through the PPP loan of the CARES Act. When we needed it most, that did help us um, navigate these strange times. But we need your help and your support to continue to be this strong beacon of light and hope for our community and even shining into the world. Every single dollar that you give each Sunday makes a difference as we utilize our building, as our staff provides and guides the ministries that take place and the missions and ministries that are supported, the worship that continues to reach hundreds and hundreds of living rooms, all of it is able to take place because you've discovered the truth that Paul was trying to, to say to the Philippians, um, to encourage them with our theme verse that we've used every single Sunday when Paul says, not that I'm looking for handouts, but I do want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity. Philippians four seventeen. I want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity, we want you to experience that blessing. That blessing that one feels when you are able to be a part of something much bigger than yourself. When you are able to share your resources in a generous way. When you are able to give to others of your time, of your giftedness, of your money in order to glorify God and to build up God's kingdom. And first of all, let me ask you to help our church to, to finish strong, to be able to finish by um, giving strong for November and December for this year. So that we can continue to, to, to do and, and fulfill all that God is asking us to do. Because there is much that God needs us to do right now. But I also want to ask you to take a moment. This is Commitment Sunday. And I invite you to, to look in the comment section if you haven't already done so and to take a moment and fill out, pray over and fill out your electronic commitment card this year. Now, normally in worship, you would be here and we would invite you to, to bring that card forward, <clears throat> excuse me, and to offer it um, on the altar as your gift, as your offering, as, as your commitment of giving back to God out of what God's done for you personally. And so today we invite you to do that electronically. And in a minute here, the praise band is going to play a song for us while we pray over what we are offering to give back to God for 2021. And if you've already done this because you've received the email and you've responded, thank you. I thank you with all of my heart for your commitment to 2021 and your support of this church. And I invite you, if you've already done this, to join me in prayer. And let's pray for the church right now. Y'all, let's pray for our people to be generous in how they give and support and give back to the church. That I pray the Holy Spirit moves in people's lives so that they can realize that, that they're a part of an instrument. That, that God moves through them in ways that makes a kingdom difference. That all of us contribute, make up, are part of the, the beautiful offering that God can then bless, multiply, and use for God's good purposes. That we will pray that right now our church will respond with a generous heart, that will recognize that we have much to do and the opportunity is huge. And so... Um, Please take this moment as we listen to the music to pray over what is God calling you to do personally and that we can pray for the church to respond generously.